And just like that, hockey is officially back. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Monday, July 13th, and training camp 2.0 is officially back for 24 of the 31 National Hockey League teams, and that would include your Vegas Golden Knights. Welcome back, everybody. How are you doing? Are you living life as best you can? Are you doing things to not keep you insane? I hope so, and I hope now that we are back to going to five episodes a week, that this could be a way to get your mind off things for at least 30 minutes out of the day. But on that note, welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode as we will dive in to the start of Training Camp 2.0, Phase 3 of the NHL's return to play plan. What did we see from the Golden Knights? Who didn't we see? And what we may see tomorrow. That is coming up in just a little bit. But first, usual housekeeping items out of the way first especially if this is the first time, the very first time you are listening to this podcast. And if it is, I welcome you as this is a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown VGK. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Webster 21, or if you want to send an email, LockdownGoldenKnights at gmail.com is the place to do so. So, training camp. It is back. Hockey is back in three weeks' time. Given all things, if they stay okay within the realm of the NHL in terms of COVID-19, in three weeks' time, we will be seeing actual game action in the National Hockey League when we start with the qualifying series, the best of five matchups, along with the round robin matchups, inclu- uh, including, I guess would not be the right word to use, using the top four teams in each conference. And that would include, ladies and gentlemen, the Vegas Golden Knights, the number three seed right now in the Western Conference. Should they somehow win all three games, they would be the number one seed. In the Western Conference, don't you love this whole round-robin format? To me, I find it weird, but alas, we get something out of it. But the Golden Knights, they are indeed playing in the official round of 16 that will be uh, a field of 16 that will be playing for the Stanley Cup. That much we know. And the Golden Knights took that first step to hopefully raising their first Stanley Cup championship in franchise history when they returned to practice on Monday at City National Arena. I will tell you this. It was, for me personally, I mean, I know that I've spoken many times about, do I think it's a good idea? Do I think that it makes sense for the NHL to come back? And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not really sure if it is going to be the right idea or the right call for the NHL to eventually play games. But I will say this. Today, for the first time in 123 days, since the season was paused on March 12th, it felt a little normal. It felt normal 
being back in the ring. Now, it wasn't full-on normal because there were no fans in the stands. It was me along with 19 other colleagues in the media sitting at the very top of the bleachers at City National Arena. We were only had access to one rink, and there were two groups practicing. One was practicing over on the other rink on the other side of City National, so we pretty much only got access to one group um, for practice today. It would turn out, however, that group would be the group that we would need to have our eyes on, given who was on the ice. That would be Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, Alex Tuck, the three big names who at the time of the season's pause uh, were injured and were likely not going to be available come game one of an official playoff series. Would the Golden Knights have have gotten to the round of 16? I mean, you figure they were taught the Pacific Division at the time of the pause. They were only three points up with 11 games to go, but knowing what we knew back then with Stone being out, likely up until the end of the season, with Max Pacioretty being week-to-week, and with Alex Tuck having a setback in his rehab through that injury he sustained back in February, given what we know of that, do we really know that they would have been available for the playoffs come April 10th, April 12th, whatever it may have been? And that's a question that, thankfully, I think for Golden Knights fans, they will never need to answer. They will never need to uh, figure out would that have been a possibility because now here it is, barring any catastrophic injuries in camp and leading up to game one of the round robin series and eventually a game one in a best of seven first round series. We won't need to know that because those three were back on the ice at the same time, really, today. Uh, Carlson uh, centered Pacioretty and Stone on the top line that we know. We also got an inkling of what I think the forward group is going to look like as a whole. Uh, Group A had uh, the first and the third line on there, and Group B had the second and the fourth line. The third line involved Alex Tuck with Nicholas Waugh centering uh, and Chandler Stevenson on the left, which is kind of what we've been expecting, maybe in a way hoping for, when when we all had this ideology that everybody was going to be healthy. And that's exactly what we got. The extras also skated uh, there as well. And really the other major inkling, I think, that's of note here, the fourth line is not centered by Tomas Nosek. The fourth line is actually centered by Nick Cousins with William Carrier and Ryan Reeves uh, flanking the sides. D pairs were pretty much the same. I think we know the six by now with Martinez, Theodore, McNabb, Schmidt, and Holden Whitecloud. Uh, the extras were Merrill England, Haig, and Bischoff. Coglin and Schultz were also uh, the pairs as well. Uh, I, I kind of wrote this on Nights on Ice earlier today, but I kind of will reiterate this as well. You don't get the full impact knowing that everybody's healthy until you see everybody on the ice. And there was a scrimmage at the end of this uh, first day of training camp. And, I mean, the discrepancies in talent are so high. you got the Carlson line going up against the Stasny line with Marshall Sloan-Smith. That's fine. 
but then you eventually get to matchups where you got the first and the f- first line versus the fourth line. And you're like, I don't know if this is a good idea to kind of evaluate it in this way, but I would say this. Mark Stone looked fantastic, as usual, made a couple of amazing passes. There was a cross-ice feed to Zach Whitecloud, and uh, Whitecloud was so open that he teed it up about for another three seconds before he shot it past Oscar Dansk. By the way, uh, we will uh, keep that in mind as, as I say the name Oscar Dansk. Uh, and then Stone also made a nice backwards pass to patch already or backwards pass backhanded. I should say, you know, when you're off the grid for four months and you really have no idea what you're talking about in terms of the sport, which for me sometimes is little, <laughs> um, you kind of, you kind of lose the, uh, the, the lingo, the jargon, if you know what I mean. Um, Stone looked great. Alex Tuck had two goals in 20 seconds, which I thought was hilarious. And again, they were on Oscar Dansk. One of them was on a one-timer in front with, from Carlson. The other one was on a partial breakaway from the right circle. Now, you take with that what you will. But let's just say, I mean, it's the first scrimmage and it's the first main practice that we've been able to see in a while. But there's a reason why there's a, not a lot of hope for Oscar Dansk right now. I'm just saying. Uh, but speaking of Oscar Dansk, yes, he was the second goalie on the ice today for the Golden Knights. And that is because... Marc-Andre Fleury was not a participant in the practice uh, today. Uh, Pete DeBoer said that it was more of a maintenance day. Uh, It is not in relation to a positive COVID-19 test, which, one, thankfully that's the case. Two, at least now we know, uh, Fleury has actually been one of the more active participants during Phase 2. And DeBoer kind of touched on this uh, today uh, when he was asked about Fleury's status. And... To me, when you skate for five weeks by yourself, even those days, and and I mean, he even Flurry's touched on this before. If he doesn't need to practice, he's not going to. You know that Flurry's going to be ready come game time when the situation presents itself. Uh, DeBoer said that Flurry should be available at some point this week, maybe tomorrow, maybe later in the week. We don't know. We're going to have to find out when we eventually cross that bridge. But Mark Andre Flurry is fine. The goalies today were Robin Leonard and Oscar Dansk. Leonard didn't see much action, and he played pretty well in the scrimmage. Um, but that is something that probably we're going to have to talk about as the days go on, as as the time gets closer. How will Pete DeBoer handle this situation when it comes to the goalies? Uh, the other piece of news that is of kind of importance here uh, is that Peyton Krebs, who was a very surprise addition to the Golden Knights uh, phase three roster. Uh, He was not on the ice today. Uh, He will be in practice or on, he will be at practice. Gosh, I can't say any right words today. He will be at practice tomorrow uh, because he had to serve one more day in quarantine. Uh, Kelly McCrimmon mentioned this on Sunday. Peyton Krebs will join the Golden Knights on the ice uh, on Tuesday. And, you know, when asked about getting the the 2019 17th overall pick into the fold and on this roster, whether he actually sees a game or not, uh, Pete DeBoer is very adamant, as I think everybody is in the Golden Knights organization, that even the experience alone will be a major boost for Krebs' development. Well, one, I'm excited to see him. Uh, heard an awful lot about him. Um, 
I think uh, the organization, the scouts, the people who watched him last year and what he went through with the, uh, the injury, uh, you know, through the draft, through training camp, through his, his season in junior, uh, he just got better and better. So he's here for a reason. I think, um, you know, he's earned the, earned the right to be a part of this. Um, and I think Crim said it best, uh, you know, at worst case, this is going to be a great experience for him, what the NHL is like. Uh, and best case, uh, he comes in and shows his stuff and, and, you know, becomes a valuable member of the group. So, uh, you know, we'll see where that's, that's at. That's going to be uh, up to him, but I'm excited to see him. So, yeah, I mean, when the roster came out on Saturday, that was one of the biggest eye-openers that I think any of us could have expected. Uh, when the roster came out, you you expect maybe a guy like Brandon Peary, maybe Lucas Elvinez, but Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs, the top prospect forward in the organization, is at, at the very least going to get some much-needed time with his professional colleagues, and he has one more year in junior. So, I mean, that's the best kind of experience you can take with you, especially since we don't even know the certainty of the Western Hockey League season or really the CHL as a whole for that matter going forward. Knowing our our understanding and the way that COVID has kind of swayed up and down over the last number of months, I have a better chance of seeing that we're going to have hockey in Canada before we have hockey in the United States, and that's just my opinion. So there you go. Peyton Krebs will be on the ice tomorrow for the Golden Knights. Marc-Andre Fleury, not sure. Maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. <coughs> Excuse me, but as far as I can tell, does he really need a practice? Well, yeah, he needs a practice. He's the one who said earlier in the year, you know, we kind of need some more game action and whatnot. But you skate for five weeks and probably close to five weeks straight, I think you probably can get yourself a, a day off or two here. And plus... You're the face of the franchise. It's not like anybody's going to bat an eye if you're not there for the first practice of training camp. That's just the way it is. All right. So other news that wanted to uh, touch on today, the Golden Knights did do a signing, did do a signing, did make a signing. One of the ways you want to phrase this, uh, go ahead and do so. Um, The Golden Knights signed 23-year-old undrafted goalie, Logan Thompson to a two-year ELC. Uh, the goalie, stop me where you heard this one before, uh, played his junior hockey with the Brandon Wheat Kings. I think uh, the Golden Knights are soon becoming brain, the, the, the hub for, for the Brandon Wheat Kings. At, at this rate, it's, it's getting a little bit insane. Uh, but uh, Logan Thompson uh, did sign a two-year ELC. Uh, the goalie was after serving after playing his years in junior, uh, spent last year with the South Carolina Stingrays of the East Coast Hockey League, and he was pretty good. He was very good. He appeared in 32 games. Logan Thompson with a 2.25 GAA and a 9.29 save percentage. Not bad. But then again, it's ECHL, so who exactly knows what that is going to uh, mean in the long run? But the Golden Knights do add a goalie to their system, which now, if you count it up, means that they have got six goalies, or not even six goalies. They have five goalies now in the system heading into next year. Could be six if Robin Leonard ends up signing. We don't really know, but there is that 
possibility. Um, one of the questions I, I got on Twitter, because I fielded for questions before I started recording from Angela Wilson, says, what can you tell us about Logan Thompson? And Logan Thompson, he's always seemed, especially in the last few years, he seems like a, a goalie that has a lot of promise. Uh, I mean, in Brandon, he was okay. His GAA was ridiculously high. That I do know. I think he, I think when he was in Brandon, his f- final couple of years, his GAA was ridiculous. I think he was hovering around a 3.3 and 1, and he actually hit like 3.4 something in his final year in Brandon. And that was uh, not ideal. Uh, but he's always shown like he can make a lot of saves, just not in a timely fashion. Uh, he did make one start last year with the Binghamton Devils in the AHL. He was on loan. Uh, he had a 503 GAA and an 815 save percentage. So if you're thinking of Logan Thompson making a run at maybe the AHL roster, and, and I mean, I'm saying that very loosely, you're probably not going to see Logan Thompson with the Henderson Silver Knights any soon. He's probably going to be up in Fort Wayne. So I don't think you want to get uh, too accustomed to seeing there. I mean, he's shown flash like last year, like I said, last year in South Carolina, very good. Like I know it, it's his best season as, as a goalie, as it stands right now, he was actually really good last year. If he can take that momentum over into Fort Wayne next year, which I presume Fort Wayne is still at this moment, there hasn't been any break in uh, a partnership between Fort Wayne and the golden Knights. If he plays well in Fort Wayne, I mean, at some point, if there is a struggle within the pipeline of the AHL goaltending, we'll probably see Logan Thompson at some point. But I think you're likely going to expect you're going to expect to see him as a mainstay in Fort Wayne going forward. But again, he could probably take that year in South Carolina and springboard it into a shot on the AHL roster. And if that happens, more power to him. But Logan Thompson, two-year ELC with the Golden Knights. Um, so that is that. Uh, other news around the league. I, it's been a while since I think we've hit around the league. And I, th- and I think this seems like a very good time to do so. You know, I, I think that it would make a whole load of sense to kind of just go around the league and see what's happened today. And one of the things that caught my eye was... Apparently, there was a report at TSN, and this involves a Golden Knights rival. There was a report on TSN 1040, I think over the weekend maybe, that the Canucks are looking to trade Brock Besser. I don't know if that's – that. there's no way I think that's valid. <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think that there's any validity – into the Canucks wanting to try to ship off somebody of their young core, someone that they've hoped to build around over the last, you know, number of years and just trade them in hopes to get a couple of assets. You have the core right now, if you're in Vancouver to build something that could be very, very good over the next five to 10 years. And I think part of that core that you need to hold on to is Brock Besser. If you can keep the guys around that you think are going to lead you eventually to a Stanley Cup, which, I mean, you look at the talent that the Canucks have, there's no denying there is a possible chance for that happening. But Brock Besser, in a, in a trade rumor, 
really caught my eye. And then, of course, uh, the general manager of the Canucks, Jim Benning, obviously told Vancouver Media today, uh, no, in in simplest terms, uh, there is no truth, apparently, to the rumor of trading Brock Besser. And I think one of the f- quotes that I read in the news story regarding that, well, the trade deadline already passed, so it's not like we can actually trade him, which I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but I don't I don't see there any way of Besser being traded. I, I don't see that at all. Uh, the Predators, I think it's going to be another interesting team to look out for, especially in the qualifying, because it's going to come down to the goalie battle. Pekka Rene uh, knows he'll need to beat out UC Saros as a goaltender battle. Now, if you're the Golden Knights, at some point you're going to have to address how you solve the goaltending battle. Would would Peter DeBoer love to go into the playoffs, to go into the round robin, go into the round of 16, and be like, yes, I would absolutely love to go Flurry Leonard, Flurry Leonard, Flurry Leonard, Flurry Leonard. Would he love to do that? I think so. But at the end of the day, before you do anything, you're going to have to make a call at who's, go- who's a goalie. You're going to have to make a call on who is going to be your goalie. Now, with the Predators... UC Saros has been one of the best backups in the NHL for the last couple of years now. But you, your main goaltender, unless he turns into a pumpkin, which, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it is shown in some instances that Pekka Rene has turned into a pumpkin, he's your guy. He is your guy going into the playoffs. And if Nashville, who is going to be coming into the qualifiers as one of the hottest teams in the league... If they can catapult off of this and have Rene play like Pekka Rene can, and if that offense can continue to play the way it was before the pause, Nashville is going to be a very scary team. And even if they don't have home mice advantage in certain aspects, you're not going to want to play Nashville. Just because they're battle-tested, they have a lot of gritty veterans on that team, and they have really stout goaltending when they want to. But given the current status of this return to play and how neutral it's going to be. And there's no advantage one way or the other. You want experience and you want goaltending. The predators have that, whether they go with Rene or they go with Saros and it really is going to work out either way. And I think the same thing goes for the blue jackets. You're looking at Junus Corposalo or Elvis Merzlikens as being your starter heading into the playoffs. Now, again, I have raved about the blue jackets. I don't know if I've raved about them on the podcast, but I have absolutely loved the fact that the blue jackets are indeed back and they are healthy. You're talking about a team that if they stay healthy, they can be dangerous. I would not want to be the Toronto Maple Leafs playing the Columbus blue jackets in this qualifying round. You get Seth Jones back. You get Alex Texier back. You get Junius Corpusala back, who was hurt for the most part um, in, the, in the second half of the season. You, you get Cam Atkinson back. You get all these guys back that are so valuable to your team. And they were playing so well with them hurt. Getting them healthy is going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible for the Blue Jackets. And I think that they are going to be a team that's benefiting greatly from getting all these guys back. And another team that I think is going to be even more benefiting to that, the Carolina Hurricanes, because they're getting Dougie Hamilton back. And Dougie Hamilton was in the running for the Norris before the pause. He goes down with a broken leg. Carolina adds Sammy Votnin to the deadline. He, he, he does not play for Carolina. Who knows if he's even going to play for Carolina, but 
I, I look at it from this standpoint, you get Dougie Hamilton back, your blue line is even better. And you're looking at a very good, very deep Carolina team because don't forget, they just got Vincent Trocek at the deadline before the pause as well. If that offense can put it together, Carolina is going to be fun to watch. And so is Columbus. I think those are two teams in the East that if you are a higher seed, you don't want to see them. You do not want to see them because when they are healthy, they are dangerous. And I mean, I kind of touched on it last week too. It's not just the Golden Knights that are going to benefit from being healthy. You know, there are a lot of teams, Colorado, St. Louis, and I just mentioned Columbus and Carolina. Those are four teams right there that are going to benefit so greatly from being, for having this pause as, as horrible of a situation it is in, in hindsight. This is why I don't think there's going to be an asterisk on the Stanley Cup champion, because at the end of the day, you are getting everybody's best and everybody fully healthy, God willing, and coronavirus be damned. You are going to get the best team out of this bunch, especially for the one that's mostly healthy and that can ride the wave of the momentum to either 16 or 19 wins to get you to a Stanley Cup. And I, do I think the Golden Knights are in that field of contenders? Absolutely. But they still got to go through St. Louis, who just activated Vladimir Tarasenko off IR today. And they have to go through Colorado, who got Miko Rantanen back uh, to put back on the top line. So all those things considered, Right now, the Golden Knights are in a prime position to be a cup contender, but they are going to have a very tough hill to climb should they get to that point. And at the end of the day, you know what? I, I would take Vegas in most series just because I know the talent that they have, but it's going to come down to goaltending and which team can you prov- can you provide or rely on to give you the best goaltending. At the end of the day, it might be Vegas, and I think that's what's going to be the X factor going forward, no matter who you put in net between Flurry or Leonard. So it'll be very interesting to see as the days get closer and we get to round-robin action and eventually get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, how all this is going to unfold, how the injuries are going to play out, how the, how the uh, goalies are going to play out. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Very interesting to watch. All right, so I think I think that's going to do it for today's episode. It was, it was good to kind of get back into the flow of things. We're getting back into a five-day set, which is great. I think so long as training camp goes according to plan, so long as the game schedule goes according to plan, and then we'll eventually get into the draft when the season is over, we're going to be in good position to provide a lot of content and get a lot of shows out. It, it might They might come later, it's like come around this time, but at least they're going to be there. At the end of the day, they're going to be there. So... um it's going to be exciting to get back in the show, and I hope you guys do uh, follow along with me and enjoy the show going forward. If you could do me a favor, and I should have probably done this at the beginning of the show because that's probably best suited for If you could leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, helps people find the show, helps, uh, helps me understand what you want more of on the show, whether it be less me or you know less rambling or whatever the sort. I want to know what you think of the show. And you don't even need to leave a review. You can just leave a rating. It's fine. Uh, I do appreciate any and all feedback. Uh, I'm not the best podcaster under any sense, but I am definitely uh, appreciative of all the feedback that we get from that standpoint. I actually do. But actually, you know what? Before we go, I did want to get uh, some some questions that I did get on, uh, on Locked on VGK's Twitter as well as my own Twitter before we got on. I forgot we had some questions. 
Uh, Gunner tweeted at at the show, uh, who do you see starting the seeding round of games in net? And is Mark Stone looking to be back in Mark Stone form for the playoffs? I kind of touched on this earlier. I don't know if, we're, if one practice is going to be enough for Stone, but I'll tell you what, he looked good in the, in the light scrimmage that they had. Um, Golden Knights definitely missed him, even though they played pretty solid without him in the lineup. Uh, they're going to benefit so greatly having him back. And if that Carlson line can click, man, that is going to be a game changer for Vegas. Um, who do I see start starting the seeding round games? I actually, uh, now that we know the schedule, here's what I think. I think we're going to see Mark Andre Fleury start the first game against Dallas on August 3rd. And then August 6th is St. Louis. I still think we'll see Mark Andre Fleury for that game. And then I think the eighth we'll see Robin Leonard. Now, I kind of advocated for this last week. I think it was last week or the week before. When you look at it from this standpoint, you want the new goalie to be the one playing against the teams that you struggled against heavily. Vegas beat St. Louis twice last year or this year, albeit at home and in overtime. Um, but I think maybe that would be a good idea to get Robin Leonard some action. But I think the fact that you finally figured out that you can beat St. Louis and even on a neutral site, you might have a great chance to knock off St. Louis, even though Vladimir Tarasenko is going to be the ultimate X factor for your team. I think at the end of the day, they're going to go flurry, flurry, Leonard. But I personally want to see flurry, Leonard, Leonard. And I think getting him against St. Louis and Colorado would be fantastic. And I think it would show you where this team is at because Colorado and St. Louis would be facing a goalie they haven't faced yet when they played Vegas. And I think that would be greatly beneficial. Greatly beneficial. Uh, could I ask the Golden Knights? This was from Vegas.NHL Knights on Twitter. Could I ask the Knights if we will be getting a captain next year and if our third jersey will release, be released on the same day? I don't know if they're going to be the ones I think I should ask for that. Probably Bill Foley would be the ideal one. But, I mean, all signs indicate and all reports indicate that a third jersey is coming at some point. There is going to be a third jersey and now that we don't know when next season is going to start, it could be as soon as next season. It might even be pushed back to 2021, 2022, knowing that if all goes according to plan, we're likely going to have a full season of 82 games from that standpoint. I think we're going to see a third jersey, and I think we are going to get a captain next year also. If not next year, it's going to be the year after that, and I think it's going to be Mark Stone. All right, and Carol also asks, uh, who will be the Henderson's Overnight's goalies next season? I still have a very soft spot in my heart for Dylan Ferguson. I don't know why. I think it was because he was probably the first player I interviewed during the first Golden Knights Development game, and it was all because he didn't have a nameplate on the back of his jersey. Um, I think Ferguson is very uh, revered in this organization. I think he's very loved. Um, otherwise they probably would have moved on from him. I think he deserves a chance to be the AHL backup. I think that he has played enough in the ECHL. I think his stints in Chicago, he was very, very good. And I think he, he needs some time in the AHL, but I think at the end of the day, I think it's going to be Dansk and Patera. I think Yuri Patera has obviously uh, risen up the ranks very quickly. He is he did very well with Brandon. I think he 
clearly everyone sees him as the top goalie prospect in the organization. It's not like they have a lot of goalie prospects right now, but they have a lot of, they have a lot of hype and a lot of promise in Yuri Patera. And I, and you can see why he's such a uh, dynamic young goalie, very athletic. And he is someone who can be really the way he played in junior. If that translates over into the AHL in a short amount of time, he could be really on the come up as someone who could eventually succeed Mark Andre Fleury, unless they decide to go a complete 180 with this goalie rotation. Who in the world knows? I think Dylan Ferguson needs a shot. I don't think this is going to be like an Oscar Dance thing where it's like, oh, Oscar Dance is three and zero with a shutout. You need to put him into the game. I think that there is something there with Dylan Ferguson, and I and I don't quite know yet what it is. But there's a reason why he's been kept around the organization for, for as long as he has. I think the worst thing they're going to do is they'll like carry three and one of them will be healthy scratched. Well, I think that makes sense. No, but I think you should think about Ferguson, but at the end of the day, I think it is going to be Dansk and I think it's going to be Patera because I think the main reason why now that I think about it, the main reason why you want someone like a Patera who is on the rise very quickly to challenge Dansk or really be the backup to Dansk is I think Oscar Dansk's clock is running and it's running out. It, it, there's been so much hope that he could provide it, just an inkling of what you need from an AHL to an NHL goalie that if Oscar Dansk does not perform to the standards that I think a lot of people are expecting him to be, and if he does not have a good AHL season next year, it'll be easier to pull him because the whole hype will be around Patera. And I think that's where you need to start and end that conversation with is if dance struggles, like in a 10, 15 game stretch, it won't be as difficult to pull dance for Patera because at that point you're just like, okay, we can just throw away this season and come back next year. And not only do we have our goalie for the rest of this year, we have our goalie going into the future. That is how I would really slice that up. So I think it'll be dance to Patera. But give Dylan Ferguson a chance. That's all I'm saying. That is all I am saying. All right. That, I think, will do it for today's episode. I've already asked you to leave a review on Spotify or Spotify. If if they could leave reviews on Spotify, that would actually be pretty awesome. But if you can do so on Apple iTunes or an Apple podcast, if I can get the actual medium out, that would be great. If you want to do that, I really appreciate it. I'm not going to force you to, but if you want to, you're allowed to. So there's that. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining me. It's good to be back. It's going to be. It's good to be back on a five show a week basis. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates from Golden Knights training camp, and we'll also hear more from likely Peter DeBoer and everyone and others within the Golden Knights. So thank you guys for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing, all that jazz. We will be back tomorrow. Until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked On Golden Knights, part of Locked On Podcast Network, and I will see you tomorrow. Have a good one.